Good morning. We're reading through the Bible in one year. Our Old Testament reading today is in the Psalms, Psalm 50, Psalm 51, and Psalm 52. Psalm 50 is a psalm of Asaph, and he speaks of the kind of hypocrisy of the worshipers that are bringing their sacrifices to God, and yet they are not uh, living in concert with what God has said. They purposefully cast his words behind them, as it says. What a great image of just not liking parts of the Bible and just kind of throwing it over our shoulder and moving on. And God reveals something so insightful here. He says that in my silence in response to your bad behavior, even though I was clear about what it should and should not be, your behavior, he says you considered or you thought or you imagined that I was altogether like you. Uh, and that's how people are. They shape their view of God. We make, as so many have said, we make God in our own image, when in fact God has made us in his image. And the, you know, people say, and we've returned the favor by kind of shaping God however we'd like. Reminds me of that um, process of picking which parts of the Bible we think are true based on what we feel like is appropriate for God to say. Uh, it's absurd. We have to let God speak and let his word speak, and we accept it and embrace it for what it is, what it communicates to us, even the parts that we don't like. We cannot suppress it. We can't excise parts that we don't like. We can't tailor it to our own liking. Uh, and speaking of people who realize that, Psalm 51, the Psalm of David, when he in his sin was confronted by Nathan and was able to uh, just pour out his heart before God here in one of the most famous penitent psalms, much like Psalm 32, this Psalm 51 is a great psalm for us to go to when we think about the conviction of sin, when we feel that conviction of sin and coming honestly before God and asking for his mercy and confessing our sin before him. It's a, it's a classic and it's an important one for us to uh, repeatedly get back to uh, in our own personal lives as we're convicted and reach a place of repentance and confession about specific sins. Uh, Psalm 52 is based on a uh, terrible scene in David's life where uh, the king betrays him. And it's really a psalm, it's a short psalm about betrayal and about the fact that we need to know as David recognizes and expresses that um, they never really get away with it. God is a God who's going to settle the score and even it up. And here is a heart that has been betrayed, David's, and he's willing to say, but I trust in you. I'm going to be committed to you. I'm not going to... Um, I'm not going to spin in this situation. I'm going to continue to trust in a God that is a God who will make things right. So another good psalm, as short as it is. Our New Testament reading is in Acts 27. And in Acts 27, the first half of this chapter, we're going to look at uh, Paul in the voyage to Rome. Remember, he's appealed to Caesar, so he's going to go to Caesar. And this it's a terrible storm that takes place. And Paul, the uh, teacher, the rabbi, the uh, the New Testament evangelist is now giving advice to the uh, sailors. What a strange thing that must have been. And they didn't take it well at first, obviously, because uh, why listen to Paul? And yet the storm grows really bad and uh, they start jettisoning, jettisoning the cargo. That's a hard word to say. And uh, try to lighten the load. The ship's going to break apart. Uh, and then an angel, it says, appears to God's apostle and says, uh, be encouraged. Don't worry. You're going to make it. You're going to go and speak and testify before Caesar. So Paul has that extra special kind of affirmation that uh, God was going to carry out his purpose in his life very specifically. And we should know the same. God is going to carry out his purpose through us. And all the twists and turns and the left turns and right turns, God is going to get us uh, where he wants us to be. He's going to work all things together for good in his good plan as how he'd like to use our lives. Our New Testament imperative is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2. 
I'll read it for you. It says, if anyone imagines that he knows something, uh, he does not yet know as he ought to know. Uh, now, remember where we were yesterday in verse 1, our community imperative about knowledge that just puffs up. Well, that's the context. In other words, it's not that you know we're against knowing. This is not a statement that you can't know something for certain, as uh, so many popularized with the emergent church movement. We can. We can be certain there is absolute truth, and we can be sure of it. It's this, this kind of know-it-all attitude that had puffed up the people in Corinth that were looking down on everyone else. They didn't care about people. Uh, they didn't quite know like they should have known because they should know that that knowledge should be channeled through love. But I put it this way, since the specific statement here is about knowledge and thinking that we know it all, basically, is the way we would put it in our modern language, our idiom, that you know that someone acts like a know-it-all. I've said, just don't. Don't act like a know-it-all. Of course, this is a community imperative because we like to do that, or we're tempted to, at least with other people. We want to act like a know-it-all. doesn't mean you don't have answers. doesn't mean you can't speak affirmatively or emphatically about a topic. It just means that you can't go around with this sense that you've got all the knowledge you need to have, and that is not an appropriate uh, attitude, an arrogant attitude that... Um, uh, the world may have, and we just can't have it. You can't have it. You need to have a humility about your knowledge. doesn't mean that you can't know something for certain, but it means that you have to have a kind of love that builds people up, a kind of knowledge, rather, that builds people up because it is a, uh, a knowledge that is applied through love. So don't act like a know-it-all. There's your community imperative for the day, and we'll be back tomorrow as we continue our reading through the Bible. 